This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, February 3rd. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, County checks in with the Wilkinson Library, a day in the life of a miner with Finton Cole and eyes to ears with Bella Eatman, Telluride Robotics team headed to state final, and a mountain weather forecast. In 2022, the Wilkinson Public Library saw over 150,000 visitors, had over 170,000 checkouts, and currently counts over 12,000 cardholders. Keep in mind, Telluride has only about 2,000 residents, such as the reach of this community institution. After a sharp drop-off during the pandemic, the number of visitors is beginning to rebound, says Library Director Sarah Landeryu. We are just happy to report that 2022 was the comeback year, I feel like, um, going through COVID and, and the library is in a really good position. Landeryu presented a summary of the year at the library to the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners this week and notes much of that increased use is from folks coming to the library to work. We increased the bandwidth, the gigabytes in the library to provide more internet access as we are seeing the trend um, really moving toward people that that come to the library to work the meeting rooms are always booked you know we start out the day at 9 a.m with people waiting to come in to start using the library um, which we're very excited for we're very happy for and so we're always looking for ways to make sure that we're serving the community adapting and being flexible Landeryu says the library expects this trend to continue and is upgrading its workspaces to match. So for 2023, what you're going to see are some improvements to the space to allow people to have more room for study carol, phone booth type situations, make phone calls, get on Zoom, and have places to work. So we're going to go through that um, redesign this summer. President of the Library Board of Trustees John Wontrowski also attended the presentation. He says the board mostly focuses on supporting the library's stellar staff. You know, we as the board just sort of step aside, I hope, and let our staff run with it. I, I can't give enough kudos to our staff and to Sarah for what they do. They just come up with ideas, run with them, implement them, and people in the community love it. So I just wanted to thank my fellow board members. At the conclusion of the presentation, there was some discussion of funding changes up ahead. The state of Colorado is making moves to reduce property tax rates in the state. As property values increase, the total revenue could hold steady even with those reductions in rate. But, Landeryu says, with issues such as inflation and personnel costs, holding steady is not necessarily enough. And what we're looking at for 2024, because we already know that the residential and the commercial non-residential rates are decreasing, we don't know what the increase is going to be in property revenues, but we do know that the rates are going down 6 and 11%, so we're looking at probably a 10% decrease in revenue. Um, whether or not that's made up with an increase in property values is neither here nor there, because that is what we rely on to address personnel costs, the rising costs of doing business, growth, innovation, is having a budget that increases. Because it's a state issue, county commissioners have little control over that funding source. But nevertheless, Commissioner Hillary Cooper says... We're doing our best yes. to uh, advocate for all of our special districts and counties. Whatever comes of funding issues, the Wilkinson Library in 2023 
is open for business and bustling. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Basketball and the NFL are on the brain for Telluride High School's Vinton Cole. In this latest installment of A Day in the Life of a Minor, recorded earlier this week, Cole brings the latest. This is Vinton Cole on your sports update. Another month is drawn to a close and February starts tomorrow. The Telluride High School boys basketball team is still battling it out for the playoffs after a loss to the Nuclear Mustangs, 49-46. They have a home game against the Mancos Blue Jays, a road game against the Dolores Bears, and a home game against the Nuclear Mustangs. If they can win just one more game, they'll be in. The Telluride High School girls basketball team really needs to, like, figure out what to do from here since since the 2012-2013 season. They have not won a single game since the 2020-2021 season. They have never won the state championship, so they're going to have to do something about that. Two teams are left in the Super Bowl. They are the Chiefs and the Eagles. These two teams are set to face each other in Super Bowl 57 at State Farm Stadium in Phoenix, Arizona. That's it for your sports updates for this week. I'm Fintan Cole reporting live from Telluride High School, and we'll see you next week. This week on Eyes to Ears, Telluride High School's Bella Eatman focuses on the animalistic. Good evening once again, listeners. This is Eyes to Ears, a code segment where I, Bella Eatman, describe paintings I find in local art galleries. Afterward, I talk about my feelings about the piece. The week before last, I went to the Telluride Arts District, and I noticed that on that day, every art piece was made by the same artist, Shannon Foley, with the same prompt, celebrities in ski gear. I look at the walls and see rappers, rock stars, and famous actors all donning a pair of ski goggles. However, being a child at heart and a Muppets fan, I chose the portrait of Animal from the Muppets. Animal is a drummer from the fictional band Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Animal has a wild and crazy attitude and can sometimes be seen as hostile and savage as the name suggests. And I do believe that Shannon was able to articulate that personality through this piece. We start off with a simple and calm background in comparison. The top half of the canvas is navy blue, then divided in half horizontally by three small stripes of cyan, lavender, and black, with the bottom filled in with indigo. Animal is seen posed in a wild lopsided position, seemingly clawing away at us, the viewer, in a feral manner. He's seen wearing a pair of baggy brown pants and a torn yellow t-shirt. A silver chain hangs from his neck, like a leash, free of whatever master animal had in the past. 
while a silver bracelet is donned on his right wrist, and of course, the bright blue, white, and cyan ski goggles. Animal's hair was applied with a series of paint splatters and streaks of yellow, orange, and red to capture his naturally frenzied look. I'm sure that if you used in Google searched animal right now, you'd get a result that's awfully similar to what I've described here today. And while yes, that is correct, I do want to let you know that this is the same for a lot of Shannon's pieces I'd seen that day. Shannon was able to capture the likeness of all these celebrities, old and new, in a realistic fashion. Even despite the change in color palettes, these were faces you could recognize almost instantly. And while I could have picked their painting of Elvis or Eminem, I didn't. As I said, I'm a child at heart, and you can dislike that however you wish, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, not even yourself. However, this has been Eyes to Ears on Kodo. My name is Bella Eatman, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm at the pinhead maker space around four o'clock in the afternoon, a short while after school lets out. On the table before me, there's a robot with sliding chrome appendages and fuchsia sides. This is about max height and basically what the viper slide consists of is um two sliding mechanisms that you would normally find in like um, a drawer that you pull out that's aiden kress a telluride high schooler who has been working on the robot as part of telluride's first tech challenge or ftc robotics team aiden introduces me to their robot which is named he says for the coach's cat this is our robot phoebe we named her after anna's cat um, she's a little janky right now, but, um, we're, we're working on upgrading her. Um, the design process originally started with the drivetrain, which is still, um, just a metal plate with, um, four motors and, uh, mechanum wheels, which are, which is one singular wheel with multiple wheels at an angle. So then you can move in more than just one direction. Pinhead organizes and funds robotics teams in schools throughout the area with different levels of complexity for different age groups. The Telluride FTC team, which is one of their most advanced, started around four years ago. This year, the team and Phoebe have outcompeted 20 other regional teams and earned a spot at Colorado's statewide competition. The team's coach, Anna Ali, says the challenge began back in the fall. So we start in September. And we're, there's a, a kickoff day, and they give us the challenge that's for the year. So essentially there's rules and constraints for what our robot can do or look like, and then the challenges it has to complete in a certain set period of time. Um, and then throughout the year, for the semester, the students 
design and build and prototype a robot and troubleshoot. And it's from, you know, figuring out what parts to order, putting them together, and then coding everything so that it all functions. When building a robot, tasks range from the design stage to the mechanical side, such as putting together the sliding shaft, to software and computer programming, which give the robot forms of intelligence. John Pumiali, one of the team leads, was working on a new feature. I think I think a lot about strategy. I'm doing this improvement or making this improvement on the basis of our strategy. So we were... When we came back from the qualifying round, we decided that we needed to sit down and talk about what we could do to get more points. And one of those was having a program that could automatically recognize different sides of a cone. Um, so that's going to be my project for the next two or three weeks and just send the robot with these guys to the competition. He says teaching Phoebe something new is all about repetition. I took approximately 1,500 image samples of the cone in total. And then that way I can reduce variation. So if you have like three images and you're comparing it, then it doesn't really matter because it's barely going to know how to recognize it. But the more samples you have from different angles, different lighting, different colors in the background, then the higher recognition rate that you'll get. But yeah, this is like super cool. And I really think that, especially with like chat GPT and all this AI stuff coming out, now is the time to learn and act on it. And I'm going to teach these eighth graders, ninth graders how to use it. And by the time they're seniors, they're going to be goaded at it. So that's going to be awesome. I asked team member Kathy Pumiali how it felt to qualify for the state finals. Oh, I was definitely surprised. The whole thing, because in the beginning, um, and it's just been a hectic thing. For example, I had to spend a lot of my weekends at Pinhead after hours and just try to, like, get things done. I would be here with my brother. And, for like, our walls, they got mounted on, like, the Wednesday or third on the Wednesday. It was the Wednesday right yeah. before. The Wednesday right before the competition, and I was, like, running, and I was, like, sick, right? So I had to, like, grab the walls, come here, and then go home. So I was, it was definitely chaotic, and uh, all the other teams were really cool, so it was definitely a surprise. It was a happy surprise. Activity at the makerspace swarms around the robot in a form of urgent and happy chaos. Team members slip between languages, speaking English, Spanish, and a science lingo all of its own. When I ask what makes the team unique, I get laughter and eye rolls. I'm the people. <laughs> Thank you, the better. <laughs> so, I feel like... But Kathy Pumiali sums it up. All of us have really interesting backgrounds and just different fields of interest. And somehow, just seven or eight random people just like came to this town and then we just made a robot and I just think that's really cool. I think that's what makes us unique is how chaotic and understanding we are of each other. The state competition takes place in Fort Collins on February 18th. Till then, Phoebe will be ever-changing, upgrading, and learning. Wit, whimsy, and wisdom, that's how many of Wendy Vidalock's peers would describe her poetry. Vidalock is the featured poet at this month's Talking Gourds Poetry Club's Bardic Trails Poetry Night. Vidalock lives on the edge of a canyon in Palisade with her husband and many critters. Her poems and essays have appeared in Poetry, O Magazine, Hudson Review, Best American Poetry, Hopkins Review, Rattle, and The New York Times. A visual artist as well, Vidalock's books include The Poetic Imaginarium, A Worthy Difficulty, and Wise to the West. Talking Gourds Poetry Club is hosting this month's club. 
in collaboration with the Wilkinson Public Library between the Covers Bookstore, the Telluride Institute, and the Telluride Arts District. At the event, Vidalock will read some of her work, with time for questions about her influences and inspirations, and there will be time for participants to share their poetry. For those who desire, February's poetic prompt is awakening. The event will take place on Tuesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. over Zoom. Registration is available at telluridelibrary.org. This Thursday, February 2nd, Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow. According to folklore, the Pennsylvania groundhog has declared at least six more weeks of winter. Meanwhile, up in the San Juans, winter has already been prolific. That's according to the Telluride Ski Patrol's mid-season weather summary. January saw 76.2 inches of snowfall on the mountain. That's 45 inches above average. Other notable weather events include periods of sustained wind, which in some places have re-exposed the ground surface high on the mountain and contributed to avalanche conditions. Other areas on the mountain remain snowed over, but are scoured down to an ice layer, which was established by a rain event on the first day of the new year. Also notable from the mid-season update is the sustained cold Telluride has seen this season. Only one day in January rose above freezing at the ski patrol headquarters, and there's also been a lack of the so-called January thaw. At the moment, Telluride is experiencing its first sustained high-pressure system in weeks, which is filling the Box Canyon with sun. An effort at the State House aims to mandate all gender bathrooms in public buildings. If passed, legislation would require newly constructed public buildings to include non-gender bathrooms wherever there are restroom facilities. Similar requirements would also apply to existing public buildings undergoing bathroom renovations. The bill is expected to be considered by the House State, Civic, Military, and Veterans Affairs Committee in the coming weeks. State lawmakers want to add more driver education requirements for minors getting behind the wheel for the first time. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods reports the goal is to bring down traffic fatalities. A new bill would require drivers under 18 to complete 36 hours of driver's education. That includes a course and driving with an instructor. New drivers would have to pay for the course and instructor, although the bill would allow some reimbursement for those costs. Bill sponsor Senator Faith Winter says increasing education for young drivers will make the roads safer. We know that young folks have a significant impact on safety on the roads. And when you're looking at policy, you want to have the most significant impact you can do. And one of the ways to do that is prepare young drivers to take on driving in a responsible way. Almost 750 Coloradans died from car crashes last year. The state's Department of Transportation did find older drivers caused double the traffic fatalities than younger ones. The Senate Finance Committee approved the bill by a thin margin, and it now moves to a fiscal review. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. Last week at a Durango school board meeting, students demanded they be allowed to carry Narcan on school campuses. Narcan is a nasal spray that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose. At least one expert who studies the opioid epidemic says Narcan in the hands of teens is a good idea. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD reports. 
Opioid overdoses among teens in La Plata County are rare. According to statewide data, there were no fatal overdoses among teens in 2021. But Joseph Friedman says there's cause for concern about opioid use among teens nationwide. Friedman is a medical student and a postdoctoral researcher studying drug abuse at UCLA in the Department of Social Science. He submitted a letter last year to the Journal of the American Medical Association. Between 2019 and 2020, the high school age teen overdose death rate actually doubled in a single year. So this is completely unprecedented. Friedman's research shows that teen fentanyl deaths in the United States rose from around 250 in 2019 to almost 900 in 2021. And in his opinion, teens in Durango are on the right track with Narcan. I absolutely support their right to carry Narcan. Friedman is a medical student, not yet a doctor, but he believes Narcan is safe enough to be administered by teens. And for it to be effective among high school students, he says it would need to be widely available. You actually don't want to necessarily give it just to the the person who's at most risk of overdose themselves, because it's impossible to administer Narcan to yourself. So we really need to be giving it to, you know, the friends and classmates, the wider social group. Durango High School students have vowed to continue their push for permission to carry Narcan. School officials have cited legal and safety concerns that may prevent the district from allowing it. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partial clouds tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Saturday should bring sun with a high near 40, and Saturday night calls for partly cloudy skies with a low around 20. Sunday calls for mostly sunny skies with a high near 40, and Sunday night should be cloudy with a low around 20, and a chance of snow showers. This has been the news for Friday, February 3rd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hi everyone, Sol from True North Youth Program here. I wanted to let you know that True North is hosting a free College 101 workshop via Zoom on Wednesday, February 8th at 6 p.m. This presentation is for students and parents in Norwood, Telluride, and West End School Districts. We will cover the cost of college, how to pay, college and scholarship resources, grade-by-grade preparation, and how to become a competitive candidate. Please register in advance at truenorthyouthprogram.org or contact us with questions anytime at 970-708-1986. Thanks so much and look forward to seeing you there. Hola a todos, soy Sol y trabajo con True North Youth Program. True North va a presentar Universidad 101 a través del Zoom el miércoles el 8 de febrero a las 6 de la noche y es gratis. Esta presentación es para los estudiantes y los padres de los distritos escolares de Norwood, Telluride y el West End. Vamos a hablar del costo de la universidad, cómo pagar, los recursos universitarios y las becas, además de la preparación grado por grado y cómo convertirse en un candidato competitivo. Pueden registrarse con anticipación en truenorthyouthprogram.org 
O si tienen preguntas, se comunican con el equipo de True North a 970-708-1986. Esta presentación está en inglés, pero si desean ver la versión en español, visiten por favor la página de programas en nuestro sitio web y seleccionen College Corner. Muchas gracias y nos vemos allí. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.